Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 341. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden, home again. I think there was a movie about that with a couple of dogs and cats who got back to home. So is that that, what it is? Wasn't that Spider-Man Homecoming Alone Again, Sideways, Bus Stop? Way Home? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) None the way home. So actually home to stay for a week. I'm actually getting to to put my job into practice and do some field work. So I'm kind of excited about that. But after that, I'll be back on the road to Wisconsin. So just like Mel Gibson, the road warrior, I will, I will say, no, I haven't had to chop any heads yet, but you know what? Uh, September could be a whole different ball game. Don't know. Guess we'll we'll see. Uh, Well, we're also joined by someone who's actually been on several secret friends unite podcast, but not the three of us together. And that miss is Mrs. Carly Kelstrom. You are, and I'll dip, I'll try to, why don't you introduce yourself? Because I always screw up people's credits. Yeah. So, uh, hi, most of you know me as Scarlett. A few of you know my real name, which is Carly. Hi. Um, I am uh, the, uh, well, shoot, now I'm just screwing on my own intro. <laughs> I am a small business owner, a mom, and an all-around nerd for lots of different types of things. Um, I, I don't know what. I feel like I've introduced myself a few times. So if you want to know more about me, go watch the other videos from secret friends unite on YouTube. You Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also, <laughs> yeah, you also stream uh, Nintendo at Nintendo show as well. And you do a lot of stuff around the world and your, your work that you do uh, as a crafter is fantastic. So Thank you. Uh, folks at the end, Carla will go all in on how you can find her. Uh, but yeah, she has been on the show before. Oh, one last question. Um, at this point, Carly, how's yep. the family doing? Everybody good? Everybody's doing pretty good. The girls are good. Uh, Cassie just turned three not so long ago, and she want, wishes so badly she could go to school with her older sister. Aww. And every Aww. time we pick Lily up from school, Cassie says, thank you for my sister. <laughs> Aww. Oh, my adorbs. Delightful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I, my 15 year old doesn't say that, so that's okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. Uh, yeah, so we start off our show, like always, with a little comic book cover. Uh, this is issue is a little bit before all our times, Charlie. Uh, Carly, I, I don't know if you even, you know, thought about comics uh, when you were young uh, last, but uh, we have this this month. It's Action Comics 341. It was 12 cents, quite a bargain. And we've got Superman fighting Clark Kent, throwing cannonballs, because those are just lying around. Um, well, it, it, it is when it's next to a cannon. So he's at, like, uh, you know, historic Fort Wayne or Michelin Magnar or maybe whatever. Maybe a reenactment or something. Maybe, go. yes. Um, Clark Kent was covering it, maybe, and then Superman had to fight off uh, the ghost of a, the, the Civil War generals, maybe. I don't know. Gentleman Ghost? Maybe this this in a nutshell proves that there are no original ideas in Hollywood. 1983, uh, Superman three reenacted this, except Superman was like, uh, you know, he had five o'clock shadow. He was drunk. He was grumpy. He was hoeing around a bit. I mean, and then you had Clark Kent, just Clark Kent. They had a big battle. I bet it. I bet this. I'll bet you money. This ended in the junkyard. And at the end of it's, you know, they were merged into one and he stood up and went and saved Richard Pryor. I'm guaranteeing you that's what happened. I yes, would put a stamp in, on it. Back in 1955. So, as I would say probably by the cover price, probably 1962. That'd be my guess. 
perfect. I have to say real quick, one thing that I love about this is the top right corner. And I don't know how many this is actually on, but I love that this is approved by the Comics Code Authority, which I did not know was even a thing. But oh, yes. It is. For many, so many, 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 many years, there's a very famous story about how Stan Lee wanted to tell uh, a Spider-Man story in the late 1960s about... Uh, one of the characters uh, got involved popping pills. Uh, so it was a drug abuse story. And uh, Comics Code Authority said, no, it's unwholesome. We're not going to do that for kids. And Stanley kind of gave him the finger and said, you know what? This is an important story to tell. So I don't want your Comics Code Authority. And that was the beginning of the end of the <laughs> Comics Code Authority. Because, you know, it was Stan- – well, you know what? And it was a very important story to tell. And I think it was at yeah. a, pivotal t- a pivotal time when, you know, drug culture was blowing up. And it was an important story to tell. So I say good for Stan. Yes. There's a there's a great story about it. Basically, it came out of the McCarthy hearings, and basically there was a uh, you know basically not actually it's not, not not the McCarthy hearings. It was uh, it was a someone who's a, I believe a psychologist who basically wrote a book called the was it the Temptation of the Innocence. Something like that. But it was all about how basically kids are getting uh, basically rock and roll music, comic books, and all these things were tempting our youth. And so basically oh, yes. uh, the Comic Codes Authority didn't allow like the undead. They didn't allow a lot of weird things that were just odd. And so they would get around it by like, it's not really undead. It's not a zombie. It's a guy who looks like a zombie. It's a, a guy, it, it's, it's a guy who is guy who doesn't bathe or change his clothes. It's uh Solomon Grundy. There you go. Solomon yep. Grundy. So yeah, no they, they see, yeah, the, the code no longer exists and yeah, exactly. Now they have ratings on comics, which is even better because my friend Sean bought a comic. Charlie, get a kick out of this. Miles Morales was rated teen plus in, in the, in the left-hand corner of the bottom and uh-huh. there was a beheading in it and he was the kid and Henry was like, ah, <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> But I thought Henry was 10 or 11. He's eight. So, okay. Yeah. You know, well, you know what? Rated teen plus then. So, yeah, it, it's 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 like the moms who took their kids to Deadpool. Exactly. So if you Just don't notice that it. tiny little, that little like two centimeter teen plus, you know. But, uh, but I bet he'll never miss it again. Absolutely. And his wife won't <laughs> let him forget that. What are you it's showing a, my child? That is a tough, that is a, t- that is a tough no second instance mistake, I'll bet. Absolutely. So, Carly, if you ever your kids ever take up comics, there are ratings. Look for them in the corner. You'll never know. I'm sure, right. like, you know, things will be oh, good. No, we're, we're very uh, careful. <laughs> not not to shelter them careful, but we're careful to make sure that it's nothing that um, is age inappropriate, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You're, children, my children are very empathetic and very sensitive. They're very emotional and because they're young, they don't quite know how to deal with those emotions. Oh yeah. So they're a lot like me, but tiny and (laughs) incapable of control. So awesome. I'm very careful with what I show them because I, because if it's going to make me have feelings, I guarantee you it's going to make them have even stronger feelings. So (laughs) it's like me watching gremlins when I was nine years old and that movie scared the poo out of me and other kids were probably like, why did it scare you Todd? I don't know, but it did. Oh, well, you know what? We're not going to scare anybody in this podcast. Well, unless you're scared of really ancient women who insist upon, uh, yes, exactly. Who insist upon uh, forcing themselves on the show and giving us uh, shady news articles. And that's our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. 
Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, Madam Webb, it's your time to shine. Uh, unfortunately, with the holiday spooky season coming up, people may mistake you for a scarecrow and put you in their cornfield. So be careful for people grabbing you. That's all that they're trying to do. Right. She'll do her, Di- she'll do her Diana Ross. Do, 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 do. Maybe not. Okay, so what do, what do we got going on this week? So this seems like this is a little bit more up your alleyway because you know how I feel about orcs and wizards and things of that nature. So go on. Well, we lucked out with our guests this week because Carly has read this book series. I have not, but it is one of the pillars of fantasy. It sold 90 million copies. It's way up there, but I have never read it. So this is called The Wheel of Time. Uh, Robert Jordan, uh, I don't know how many books are in the series, but it definitely is. Aren't there like 13. 40, 49? Okay. And and I swear you literally just called it the world of twine. So just slow down and just use your words, buddy. The world there's of twine. twine. There's twine, but it is the world the the wheel of time. Yes. Technically, technically, there's twenty. Holy crap! I say it was fourteen. Ha- Sorry, it is a four. It's like the like the main like your like what you would have on your bookshelf. Fourteen. I was I was nearly halfway there. Twenty. <laughs> I got my so, husband to like book six, and then he's like, "I'm just done." Oh, he's done. Yeah, th- that's a problem with fantasy like series. Sometimes they go on way too long, and a lot of times, even like the author that started them passes away, and then they have to have people come in and finish them, which is just very bizarre too. Um, but you know, it's a franchise, kind of like Stanley didn't write all the Spider-Man books, so you know what? Other guys and George R. Martin is getting dangerously close to needing someone else to complete his books too. Because he, he's, he's not right number. He's looking like he's going to conk. Because he's old and nearly dead. And the last book is st- is 14 years in the making. 14 years. Like I said, people who are waiting for the Game of Thrones to finish based on the actual source material are going to be waiting a long time. Oh, wow. I got I got two words for you. Chinese democracy. Or monkeys, like 15 monkeys in a room with typewriters. Right. It was always be- works. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. Anyway, let's talk. <laughs> let, let's talk about this trailer. Yeah, so Carly, so you've read the books. Uh, yep. You're you're a fan of the series, hopefully, and you don't grudge read it. Um, but tell us about the trailer and what does it make you think of, or and, and kind of give us some little detail, more details on the series. So I'm always extremely nervous when it comes to Amazon or Netflix taking over things that I enjoy. Um, in fact, my husband and I often will complain about Netflix Netflixizing something, where suddenly there's like three F-bombs in the first five minutes, or it's just about sex as opposed to the actual story and all that good stuff. Um, Well, not good stuff, bad stuff. Um, Stuff that I don't want to see on the TV, you know? Um, So I was extremely worried when it came to Amazon because we'd also watched a lot of, like, Amazon previews for shows and and movies that they produce themselves and make their own stories for. So when I heard that they were going to get Wheel of Time, I was cautiously optimistic because there is such a huge fan base and so much love for the series that hopefully Amazon was going to do the right thing and do it the right way. This trailer came out and I'm like 98% certain that this is going to be the right thing in the right way. Good. So I'm like very happy with this trailer um, I also follow with uh, whatever Brandon Sanderson has been saying, because he's he uh, wrote the last few books. He was picked by Robert Jordan to write those final books based on the um, um, 
uh, uh, drafts, sorry, the drafts that he had already had already done and the notes that he had already taken. And I had also consulted with uh, Robert Jordan's wife. So Brandon Sanderson himself, his himself has also said that he is very optimistic about this show, which only makes me feel better as well, because I, you know, I trust what Brandon Sanderson has to say. Um, Watching this trailer, though, it was so dang good. The characters were, like, on point. Um, the whole feeling of of grand fantasy was in this trailer. It was like if you took Lord of the Rings and just added brighter colors into it. Like, that's what it was for me. Hmm. It was everything that I wanted it to be. And the few areas that they showed that were, like, the wide-angle shots. So there was, like, Tarvalon, then you had... Um, uh, Shadar Logoth, which I know that for some people out there are going to be like, oh my gosh, she's like terribly mispronouncing these things. But I have a thing that I can pronounce it however I want because it doesn't change the story. That's like, so that anyway. goes back to, that goes back to like Marvel comics. I would probably mispronounce half of the things they wrote because yes. half the things are not common words that people say. Exactly. So true facts. The first time we started talking about Thanos prior to, the Marvel films that he featured in, Todd called him Thanos in more than one episode. And I was Did like, I? what the I hell don't remember are you saying doing? that. Oh, yeah. You know what? I got news for you, babe. Steel Trap. I, I know it all. I know where all the bodies are buried. So you absolutely did do that. You've Sorry. killed a few names yourself, Charlie. Even real people's real names, you've killed a few of those. I forget people's names, but when I do know them, I do pronounce them correctly. Correct. Oh, so so yeah. I mean, this this trailer. I mean, for those who are new, I mean, it 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 seems to be very female magic focused. Seems like females yes. are the magic users, or at least the ones that yes. rule the magic kingdom. And then beyond that, I just didn't get a feel beyond that, which makes this series unique or something other than most fantasy where it's something bad happens. They get a married group of men and they go or women and kill people, kill bad yeah, guy. Yeah. So. The whole, and this isn't necessarily a spoiler. Um, what those those swirling lights that are going around, uh, which I just learned, this is how you pronounce her name, Warraine. I'm still going to call her Moraine. Uh, those swirling lights that are going around in Moraine, that is the one power. So in this universe, there is this this um, magical force called the one power that um, primarily only women have access to because the male side of the one power is cursed for lack of a better term and also to not spoil anything. So that's why the world is predominantly matriarchal because the women can safely wield this power. Uh, Moiraine is um, the one with the blue overcoat. She is a very important person in this series because she comes to the two rivers, which is where our main characters are from, and finds that um, Egwene and Neneve, who is the two people standing at the cliff at the beginning, the girl getting pushed, that's Egwene. The girl pushing her, that's Neneve. Okay. I promise it's every everything is fine in that moment, I promise. <laughs> I'm, no, nobody's dying right there. Nobody's <laughs> like, dying. Like, There's a like like Bran dying. out the like Bran out the window. Oh yay! Yeah, right. Plot twist. Whoop. There, go, yeah. there goes the moon door. All right. Well, well I cool. Guess that's the end of the story. Um, I, I guess so. Well, awesome. Um, Todd, any thoughts on your regard? Um, 
you know, in a way, I, I hope this is good because I will probably not read a series that's 14 or 20 books long, depending on who wrote it and, and how it ends. Say, I will say as a lover of the books, that's okay. I haven't read the Shadow and Bone books. I watched the series. I don't feel like I need to read the books to enjoy the series for what it is. People who haven't read the books, that's fine. You can enjoy the series for what it is without having to read the books. If it inspires you to read them, props, kudos, love it, go read them. Don't feel like you have to, though. Because they are... Robert Jordan is a brilliant writer. They weren't edited very well, so there's a lot of dragging on. Um, yeah, that's kind of common great. with fantasy. Yeah, they're, it's, they're really great, though. Yeah, it's it's interesting with fantasy authors. Either you get the ones that are like have verbal, just spouting everything, and others are very concise. So, yeah, I I, I, I am excited though because it's something I want to check in, and, and obviously this opens up that world to a lot of new fans. So I am excited. This comes out in November on Amazon. I don't know what the plan is. If it's weekly drops, or if they'll do the first three episodes and then what the plan is or how many more seasons will get, you know, guaranteed versus how does it perform? Because Amazon, I believe, or was it Netflix? They canceled. What was that one series? It was the hero series. Um, oh, Le Jupiter's legacy. First oh, okay. season came out canceled. So I'm like, crap. So oh, that was, uh, that was the swamp thing. Wasn't that the same deal with that over there? Oh yeah. Swamp thing too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you never know what we're going to get, but I mean, I'm excited and hopefully it does well and we'll check it yeah. out in November and Carly definitely would love to hear your thoughts on it. You know, yeah. let us know what you think. So excellent. Good deal. Uh, cool. yeah. All right. Well, move along, Todd, you grab this one and I'll grab the next one. Yeah, so um, HBO Max is getting another adaptation of a Vertigo comic. And I believe this was even a, I think it may be based off a book series he's as well. It's called The Dead Boy Detectives. Um, and Neil Gaiman, he's just like a modern god of both comics and uh, fantasy. And, you know, Good Omens came out that was adapted, I believe, on Amazon. Really well done. Um, and we have a Sandman show coming out also that was from him. And now this is his third offering, which is pretty cool. So um, he's involved in this. And uh, it basically follows a pair of deceased boys named Charles Rowland and Edwin Payne, who forgo a ticket to the afterlife in order to remain on Earth, solving mysteries via supernatural means. Think Constantine meets the Hardy Boys. Or supernatural, uh, right? Because aren't they brothers? Uh, yeah. Or, okay, yeah. there's two boys. But yeah. So did they get a snazzy car and it has a classic rock soundtrack? Because... Oh, it, well, but it does. It, it does say that the characters are slated to be introduced. So that seems very CWE, you know, like yeah, so and, and so. Yeah, Doom Patrol is where they're going to be introduced apparently in season three, which is upcoming. And quite honestly, that makes a lot of sense because the Doom Troll was a very Vertigo heavy book, very off kilter, very weird and, and interesting. And um, yeah, I think this could be very good um, if it's done well. And HBO Max is not known to shy away from telling very different stories, especially with mm -hmm. DC vertigo properties. So, true, true. um, and they need this type of content. They need like a broad variety. It can all be capes and cowls. It can be a lot of different things. And I think that's what makes a DC a little bit different than Marvel. Cause DC is all over the place with vertigo, telling more mature storylines, telling weirder stories. Marvel is typically stuff like kept with capes and cowls, except for a few variations. So I, I like this. And I like that the fact that they're drawing from so many resources because, as much as people say, yeah, superheroes aren't, we're not getting tired of them. If you keep going back to the well and don't do anything different and new, you know, comic books are wide medium. There's lots of stories to tell. So I, I'm excited for this. And it uh, looks like this will be coming out 
potentially, oh, production is going to kick off in November, so we're probably not going to see this until 2022 or 2023. Right, right, right. So, And speaking about going back to the well too many times, guess what I've got for you? Uh, Marvel, and again, this was one of these, you know, I've I've been in Wisconsin, I don't really follow the uh, geek news during the day, um, but I saw this tease like, oh, Marvel's got a big announcement that's going to drop Wednesday during the day at 10 o'clock or whatever it is, and it was a stream of new uh, comic miniseries that we're going to see into uh, the end of this year. And then, so ba- basically over a three-month period starting in December. And uh, Todd, you very much know where I stand on these big blowout miniseries events. You know, it's I- I've been burned too many times. But this looks like it's going to, again, and I feel like they're wrapping it back again because there was a World War Kang maybe three or four years ago. So this is, you know, this is kind of feels like it's capitalizing on what we saw in Loki and the Kang character and him being so classic. But some of that's going to run through Daredevil, uh, Avengers. It was the, what was that, that, that Avengers uh, blood in the 90s? It was the last Avengers or Avengers Forever. It was Avengers, wasn't it? Uh, well, wasn't well, it this Avengers, Avengers Forever? Well, Avengers Forever was a, a basically a Kang story, um, which was right. Yeah, yeah, and then well, they're, and, then, they're and, and they're and they're doing it again. But we're seeing, uh, yeah, we're seeing that. So obviously, this is I would imagine some kind of reimagining of that. Uh, we've got a pair of titles from Wolverine. She-Hulk, who is an Avenger, is getting a tag. We have the Reckoning War. I'm not even want to touch that one. And then Moon Girl, who I love, Moon Girl, Double Dinosaur. The Fantastic Four, Charlie. That's a Fantastic Four story. I am squinting, and now I am seeing that. Yes, it's very, very small. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, you know, these last four or five years, I mean, I loved Empire, but, Todd, you know, we were talking about it recently that I couldn't remember what it was called, but I really liked it. So they're just, they're very interchangeable, and and I stopped reading uh, monthly comics recently because I was doing, there was a there was a, a Moon Knight took over Earth, and that was a big Avengers story and spun off in all these different directions. And then you and I just did the Venom Dark Rain or Last Rain or Some Rain or Blood Rain or something. And it's just, you know, they're calling this uh, Fantastic Four, The Reckoning War, an FF uh, event over 15 years in the making. Well, they, they weren't even publishing for five of those years. So I just, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, I know you're not reading monthly comics. Either, well, so where, where, how do you feel about this? Well, I, I, I like these things because quite honestly, Charlie, reading a book for the whole storyline, I, I kind of get tired of that. One character, one thing. I like to see the elements of Marvel brought together, and I think they do events fairly good. But yes, I don't want to see a 25-part series. I'm good with a five-part series, six-part series, you get four. Yeah. And, and right. quite honestly, some of these stories are interesting. Like the first one, Devil's Reign, it's it's a Daredevil story that mm-hmm. essentially brings in the Kingpin. It involves the Thunderbolts, involves lots of different characters. So I'm yeah. not sure. And some of these that are actually seem, yeah. and like She-Hulk is getting a new title. Uh, Moon Girl's getting a, t- a chance again. So I'm not against these, but I don't want I don't want the fifth the fifth Spider Man comic. I think I'd rather right. have more of these than well, the 18th X Men comic. Really. I mean, you know, yeah. Amazing Spider Man is the cockroach of Marvel comics because they'll bring yeah. out five Spider Man comics and they will all die within 12 to 15 issues. But Amazing Spider Man never. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you in that. So yeah, you're right. I guess overall, looking at when I see a timeline, I'm like, oh god, another big crossover event. But um. But yeah, you're right. Different different things in different situations. Um, but yeah, the reckoning of an event 15 years now. What does that even mean? I don't know. Give me more. Give me a, give me a reason. Well, Dan Slott's well, Dan Slott's writing it. So Dan Slott's been around right. for a long time. So I'm sure he right. picked up things from a Fantastic Four storyline back that was 20, 15 years ago. So well, bringing and, that back in a storyline. 
And I will say, I Fantastic Four, of the titles that I was reading the most mm-hmm. recently, I would say that was the one that, even more so than Spider-Man, was the one that was the most engaging. So he's doing, he is, he is doing great work over there. So you know what? Who knows? Um, if any of these bite us, three months after the fact, we'll be able to pick them up on Marvel Unlimited. So it's really, it's, it's no great shakes. But yeah, yeah, always, always, always chasing after that next big thing. Yeah, keep so, chasing. Keep so chasing. Car- keep so Carly, um, you know, I mean, uh, comics, I don't know if they're in your wheelhouse at all, but I mean, when it comes to other media and things like that, where they have events and like these big uh, tentpole things, um, are you a fan of those? Or do you just like your, your standard stories, um, you know, or do you like where it's, it's end game? You had to watch 85 things and there's 86 parts to finally get there. I mean, yes. so it's, it's not that I, I don't like comics. I just, I never got into them. Um, mostly just because they weren't really prevalent, like in my childhood, uh, like they were obviously around, but it wasn't really something that we had in our house. I love comics and I love that it actually gets my kids to read sometimes, um, because they like the pictures, (laughs) but it's the gateway to reading. (laughs) Yes. And I'm okay with that. In fact, I'm debating on buying a manga set for my kid right now. Um, so I'm, I'm totally there for it and I'm totally there for events. I just, I never did them, never went to them, never really experienced them. Um, I'd love to go. Like, I do free comic book day when I actually, you know, remember that it happened. Because, like, this year, apparently it changed days, and I didn't know, and I commiserated that to you on Twitter. Um, so, I mean, I, I, love, I love all different formats of experiencing other worlds, and comics is just another way of doing that. And if it, you know, if this is how somebody enjoys it, then enjoy it and love it. And I love you for it. I think the best part about this is with events is if you are not reading a specific character or something like that, and you read one of these events and it brings in a character and you're like, that character's kind of cool. I want to read their comic. I think that's the most coolest thing you can get kind of like in secret Wars, Charlie or any other comic events. You have those characters that just pop or reach out to you or like, I like the design or I like what happened there. I want to read more. So I think they are the gateway to getting people into other storylines, which I think is why they do these events. Quite honestly, it's Mm -hmm. not because they, I mean, it's, they want to make more money, but it's also to introduce them to other characters and get them to buy more comics. Yeah. So it's money. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Money, money, money. All right. Well, that's about it uh, for the news. We're keeping it tight because the main event beckons. But, you know, getting in the Uber, we have to uh, make a stop, you know, pay homage to the the, the gods of the Geek Easy uh, over there. And you heard me say it, the Geek Easy. So let's make that happen. Let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy. Cover band is playing. Drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on this week. Uh, Carly, uh, I just watched this episode. You watched What If? Are you all caught up? Mm-hmm. Indeed, so what's, we are. So, what's your overall take on the full What If so far? We've had four episodes. <laughs> Charlie, you're caught up. I assume you watch it like three o'clock in the morning on a, on yeah, a Thursday when it drops or Wednesday. Two, two o'clock in the morning. I, two o'clock. What are you talking about? Well, yeah. Early riser. So, yeah. So we've had four episodes, four definitely distinctly stories with different outcomes. Uh, what's your. Oh, good. Good. So what you know, what's your take with what if? Yeah. So um, I think my favorite one so far is still is still uh, T'Challa's. Um, because what I loved so much about it was that even though he was in a totally alien setting, literally, his goodness 
as opposed to affecting the world affected the universe. And, you know, like that was just the coolest thing for me because I adore Black Panther. I adore that whole, that whole movement and everything that it meant for so many people. And to have this character from this, like also like a little bit of tears in my eyes because of Chadwick Boseman's voice. Like that was one of the last things he did. That was, that was really touching and very sweet. But going to the latest episode, that was utter madness and it was perfect. And I, and I'm using madness very specifically because of the whole multiverse of madness that is totally coming. Um, and what was cool too, is that we got some continuity in here that people weren't fully expecting that has now made what if a TV show that people should probably actually watch. Some people may be thinking, I don't need to watch this. You know, this is just kind of side stories, but if we know Marvel, which we do, this is something that people actually need to start watching because we have seen the watcher become more present in these shows. Um, in the, in the last one, which was the, um, or the third, the third one was the one with all of the uh, Avengers being taken down in their recruitment. Mm-hmm. Yep. The murder mystery. Um, yep. So yeah, that whole murder mystery. And we actually see the watcher in the background, um, as, as, uh, some, was it fury? Some, somebody was driving to Thor's mm-hmm. hammer crash site. We see him in the background, which was super cool. Yeah. To now in the fourth episode, he's interacting. And maybe right. this was because the watcher was like, this world is going to end. So me interacting, isn't going to change anything. Kind of like the whole Nexus event from Loki. If you go to the end of that world, it doesn't really matter because nothing's going to change. Everything's going to end anyway. So maybe the watcher was like, it's okay. But the words that he said specifically to strange Supreme was, um, I, you know, I'm not a God. If I could change it, I would, but I cannot. And like, it was just, it was like, Oh wow. Like, I'm feeling kind of like stuck in my chest right now. Like this is crazy. And then that universe is destroyed. Well, sort of because it's actually condensed into its crystalline ball that is now trapped a uh, strange Supreme in it, which by the way, from the, uh, I think it's either trailers or opening sequence or something. We actually see uh, Peggy Carter as uh, Captain Britain um, interacting with Strange Supreme. So we know there's even more crossover there. So this whole thing <laughs> is kind of crazy. And I love what if stories and now Marvel has made them into an actual TV show. So I love uh, it. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard rumors that we are going to get some long-term impacts out of the show, which mm-hmm. I love. I like it. Totally. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's like what the CW done with infinite earths. You know, we've got different earths yes. where things can happen. We've got these different yes. storylines. I like this. I don't know how many more episodes we're getting. Are we getting six, seven, I eight? I thought it was eight. I actually checked this out, but keep talking. I'll figure it out. Yeah. So, I mean, and I like this. And the fact is we're getting more time with Dr. Strange. Quite honestly, we have not seen much of him. Not a lot of screen time, except for, you know, when he was in Endgame game and the different movies. Um, 
and we're not getting a TV series with him. So we're not going to see him again until, you know, well, we're going to, we are seeing him in Spider-Man because we saw that. But I mean, once again, I think that's, they, they have a roadmap of why they do things and to get Dr. Strange in front of us again before he's in, with Spider-Man and then before his next movie makes a lot of sense. And it also builds a lot of empathy where I think with Dr. Strange, I liked it a lot, but I don't know if it connected with everybody. So maybe this is another opportunity to us to actually get to know the, the, the man behind the cape. And I thought about naming this uh, episode well, it was, Cape it Fight, was also extremely but unique. I will probably change my so mind 85 was... times to a title as we go along. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad. I'm, I'm hoping we're getting more. Uh, yeah, no, it says nine, nine episodes. Ooh, they've, and they've already, nice. got, they've already got season two slated on here. So we're well, cool. All right. What else we got? So Carly, uh, Charlie, you just watched Dune. We are getting a Dune movie. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then we also have, Carly, you're talking about, you're, you're going to talk a little bit about Foundation, which is coming up on Apple Plus. I mean, we're getting into like really geeky sci-fi very soon. It's because society has finally accepted us into their world. That's right. I suppose, I suppose so. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm interested in actually reading these books because I had not, um, as much as a book nerd as I am, I had not known of either of these as books. So the fact that they're being turned into movies and like the scope of what foundation actually is, like I'm extremely interested in reading these. Um, I like, I like kind of going back to like the older books and reading those and seeing what has been modernized for all intents and purposes. So I'll be looking into those. I'm going to see if they're on Kindle next time they're on sale or something like that. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of Asimov adaptations. We had iRobot, um, I believe, and then we had, what, 2001? And I'm not sure if, two, was it 2010 was actually a real, like, based on a sequel or not? I'm I'm a moron when it comes to Asimov, to be honest. <laughs> so to your point, you're not alone. Uh, the, the, the properties are not in your face. Like we said, Charlie just watched Dune from, like, 1984. There's been a struggled... I mean, I, it's, it's, it's not that I hadn't seen it before. It was time, and we're still watching it. It's as we were watching it last night, falling asleep. And then so we tuned back in today. But I, that was one of those that like I got a disc at a yard sale. And then I, I did a disc to digital. So it's sitting in my digital library. And I'm like, you know, I probably ought to watch this. Maybe be a little bit more informed going into seeing this film. And it's just like that film is just very, very heavy. There's a lot going on there without a doubt. So, um, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. So, and like I said, well, and I wasn't saying that you, you hadn't seen it, but it was like, I think majority of people, it's just, these are just not on the radar. So the fact is right. we are getting more opportunities on TV and in the movie theater, once again, to bring these properties back to life and get people to check out their Kindle, go to the library. Very cool. I love it. And one day I hope some of my favorite properties will eventually make it on the screen. So other people will just to discover those books and the worlds that these people have created. So I love it. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. Foundation coming on Apple TV plus, I think, is it this mm -hmm. month or next? And then we have Dune coming on HBO Max and in theater. So I cannot Rock wait. I hope they're good. Bro. We can always hope. All right. So uh, let me grab the reins here. Uh, I have been taken in, obviously been taken in what if, taken in Lower Decks during the week. But when I get home, uh, April, my wife, is a huge horror fan. Uh, we've watched American Horror Story and the little companion series they had at the end of this summer, uh, American Horror Stories, which were there a couple of two-parters. There were a couple of standalones that didn't really connect. But now they're back to the regular uh, series. 
And with even something that we didn't know is that what's going on right now is actually going to split off into a part two within the same season and tell the same, I think, pretty much two parts of the same story, perhaps the second part being a prequel. But at any rate, I, I don't know that for a fact. It was one of those trailers. That's what I've heard, too. Yeah, trailers before the movie, so you never really get the whole picture, but you're really not supposed to. It's supposed to engage you to the point when you want to watch it. But um, this one had the most Stephen King-ish setup as humanly possible. Like we brought this, we brought it up on screen, and it says a writer, his pregnant wife, and young daughter uh, set up for the winter in a new in in, in a, a deserted New England town. And I'm like, come on. Come on, everybody knows where this is going, The Shining. Um, and yeah, so th- that is exactly what it sounds. They get set up. Uh, the daughter the daughter is 10, and she's a, a wunderkind with the violin. Uh, the husband is a writer, but he's, you know, fair to Midland. Um, and he immediately bumps into some of the other local wintertime uh, residents who are also who are phenomenally successful writers. And so he endeavors to try to figure out their secret. Well, when he goes on to figure out their secret, it ends up being something not so great. And that's it's all always a deal with the devil. It's always yeah, a deal it, with the devil, right? And that's all. That's pretty much all I'm going to say about. So that. this is what uh, vampires and a, uh, aliens, right? It's the whole premise of the season. Well, that's the picture that if you go to Hulu and look yeah. at it, it's an alien and a vampire making out, which is disturbing in Gross. its own right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much we're dealing with they're vampires, but they're not necessarily true vampires. But space you, vampires. I would, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to send you right to the screen. I'm going to send you right to the uh, instant. I don't want to see it yet. I'm going to, I probably check it out though, because my favorite space vampires are from Buck Rogers, by the way. Great episode. There you go. Well, because they can dance. But at any rate, (laughs) moving on, uh, still surfing around uh, HBO, we came upon uh, uh, National, you know, National Treasure, Tom Hanks, uh, his latest, not in National Treasure, because that's Nick Cage and he is not a National Treasure, ironically. Um, But he's in a film. Yeah. Oh, come on now. The bees, the bees. Anyway, uh, Tom Hanks's new film is called News of the World. Uh, this is set about five years after the Civil War. Uh, he is a, a retired uh, uh, Confederate officer who is uh, eking a meager li- living in the state of Texas, going town to town, reading local newspapers to you know a, a, an assemblage of people for 10 cents a head. So that's how he's making his living. Is that the beginning of audiobooks? Could be exactly well for people who can't read or network news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> news reader. Yeah. Yes. Good evening. And with with much with much more poor lighting. Um. So, but it, within the course of his travels, uh, he stumbles upon a broken down wagon and finds a uh, young girl who doesn't speak English because she's been taken by a local Native American tribe. But within her possessions are a note that says she was bound for. Uh, she's an orphaned girl, but she's bound for family uh, 400 miles south in Texas. So he takes it upon himself to deliver her down there. And, you know, horrible things ensue because it's the Old West. Um, but really very male weight is an adapted screenplay from uh, a book that was uh, from a few years earlier. And, uh, you know, name me something terrible Tom Hanks has been in and don't say Splash because it was good in its own way. The Burbs? Or, I don't know. What was that movie where it was with the two rap guys? Dirty, not Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or The Devil Made Me Do It. He did that one movie where he was like a southern preacher and there was two rap dudes in it. I don't remember that one. That, re- that one was not good. Uh, but yeah, I recommend it again. HBO Max, everybody in the world has HBO Max these days. So I recommend checking it out. Very, very good. Tom Hanks uh, rarely disappoints unless it's the burbs. 
And that was actually, I went to the movie theater. That was in the, the movie theater attendant had their favorite movie and it said the burbs. I'm like, you've got to be the only person, but yeah. It you is, know, I, it is. I don't know anybody else who doesn't like that movie, but you, everybody else enjoys it. Sorry. Oof, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. If you like it, great. Tell me on Twitter uh, and we'll tell you how to do that as we, at the end of the show. <laughs> Heat tweet oh, at me, boy. please. I would love it. Especially about the burbs. We, it's, it, <laughs> we get it, a burb it, off. It's uh, it's pretty much what he's used to at this point, folks. So it's absolutely he, he's, he's learned to love it. All right. What do you got? Well, something that, I won't hate on. And Charlie, this is uh, coming back full circle. When we had Christian Spicer on our show uh, at that time, he announced his Kickstarter for the consequences comic. It has now been delivered to my house um, and it is available now. I I don't know what his plan is for this comic, whether it will be available digitally widely. It's self published by himself. So he doesn't have like a publisher to get it out there. So that becomes a a next stage, but it is a, uh, it's one of those prestige, like hard, like, like paperboard covers. So it's Mm -hmm. thicker, but it is 22 pages. And um, this story by Christian Spicer and Eduardo Mello um, is it's basically his things. He's always wanted to do. He wanted to write a comic. So he made it happen. A very successful Kickstarter. And it tells a story uh, about this woman who it opens up with her basically fighting for her life in a very James Bond born identity type scene where she's in uh, basically a winter forest, maybe in Massachusetts, who knows, maybe that's where it happens. We don't know. Uh, but there's mountains and there's not many mountains in Massachusetts. So I'll take that back. So it's not Massachusetts. Maybe it's Colorado. Uh, but they're basically, it's a like James Bond. They're in snowmobiles and she's being chased by these attackers. Uh, they're shooting at her. Uh, eventually, uh, she falls off the, 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 the snowmobile and some really cool born identity spy, like, combat very very lethal combat by the way happens it's very cool uh very well uh uh, illustrated uh really cool beautiful production values for an independent book i've seen really bad independent books that are just horribly illustrated um bad inking all those things bad bad coloration this was yeah but are are you gonna sit here and say that this dude delivered it to your house and he was on our show and that his work sucked? I mean, come on now. No, no. I mean, I would be truthful to say this looks subpar, looks looks amateurish. It doesn't. Um, the story um is it's it's only one issue of something. I don't know if there's gonna be a second one, but it does have a flashback to kind of like how she potentially got there, but we don't truly know. So it's kind of a murder a mystery, and I don't know where it's going, but considering what it delivered in some of the scenes. Very well done. So uh, I'm awesome. not even sure. And I, I don't even know if people can pick this up outside of the Kickstarter. So I, I'm not even selling it. It's just I thought it was kind of a cool book. And it's cool to see people that we like make cool stuff and get some attention for it. So when my uh, my when my home movie comes out with um, Attack of the Vampire Robots, I hope people are as excited about that. The robot lizards. That's that's where that's that's where I want us. That that's yeah. really what I. That's where this all of this is headed for me. Ro- the robot lizards roaming the wastelands. That's what I want yeah. to see. Yeah. So pick out Please. Consequences comic if you can't check out the Kickstarter. Maybe there be more information there to check out uh, Consequences. Uh, then uh, a show that I love dearly. Uh, what they do in the shadows season three is back. The first two nice. episodes dropped this week. It's on Hulu and FX. If anybody has that uh, channel anymore, um, but no, but, uh, but, but, no, hold on. I have to interject. They are not. All their marketing is geared toward FX on Hulu. FX on Hulu. That's what everything says. Yes. So it's like they know. They even they know that cable networking is dead. I mean, when I'm watching uh, The Walking Dead and they're dropping f bombs every other word, they know that AMC is not a thing anymore. Their stuff is just going to be on 
something else. There's no there's no cable. There's no networks. It's all changed, man. It's all changed. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I love the show. Basically, the premise is still not changed. Vampires from different eras being followed around by a documentary crew. Or, and we don't even know if this documentary is ever happening. It's kind of weird. A lot of things happen if it ever even comes up. But we ended on last season on a cliffhanger. Uh, and I don't want to spoil too much, but it's resolved very quickly in the first episode. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's a comedy by all means. Right. It's not, it's, it's not like the huge, like if you missed it, you're going to miss out very, very quickly right. you can get up to speed and they didn't miss a beat. I love this show. Uh, we got a returning character from last season who came back in a great role. Um, and we know where they're going this season and it's going to be full of wacky hijinks, uh, lots of goofiness, misspelled things, not understanding the internet as usual. They even had a difficulty with a V with the VCR and they said, because someone gave them a VCR tape and then they said, can you spell that VCR? Oh, va k r is that what it is? <laughs> it's just wacky hijinks. Taika Waititi makes a return in this, so he is in it. Uh, I, I I just love the show, and I, I like I said, they they dropped two episodes. I'm really excited to watch the second one, but it's out. Uh, and if you haven't watched the first two seasons, definitely check it out. I mean, it's it's well worth watching, and and it's just a hoot. And you don't have to watch the movie, but because none of the characters are the same, but it's still good too. Excellent. Very good. Well, all right. Well, I think that wraps us up. Uh, you know, spit in the can, chuck it in a spittoon, leave him a couple of coins. I left a restaurant yesterday where I saw someone left a tip in change, which I think is very, poor, very poor form. Uh, well, unless I, you I, have a huge like coin jar, you just say, here's the coin jar. <laughs> I was here, un unless the server was so turned off, they took the cash and left the, the coins. But regardless, we're out of here. Uh, we're going to head it on down the road. Uh, we're going to catch a bus uh, and a train, maybe a plane, maybe then another bus to get to the mutants over at the Thunderdome to talk about Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Let's go! Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we've got Shang-Chi, the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, this is... Let's see. It hasn't been that long since we got a Marvel movie because we got a Marvel movie with Black Widow. Uh, so the job yes. has obviously ended and we have lots was, of MCU TV shows. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's content, but it's not like, ooh, you know, it's not Captain America, Thor, Iron Man. They're now having to go. What's crazy about that is that all of those heroes you described were Marvel C-level heroes that became Marvel's A-level heroes. And now Marvel's, you know, G-level heroes are now their B-level heroes. So... Alphabet in motion. Alphabet in motion. That's what you can call this episode. Alphabet in motion. <laughs> That's rolls off the tongue. Uh, but yeah, I, I this so. is, yeah, we haven't had a lot of standalone origin movies in a while. Uh, we've had a lot of sequels. I think Captain, um, uh, Captain Marvel was the last origin movie we got. Uh, and that was back in 2019. Uh, we'll say that one more time. Captain bad. Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel was uh, 19. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Correct, so correct, it's, correct. it's been a while and we don't get as many origin movies in the MCU anymore because so many other characters are introduced in the crossover. So this is a, this is a kind of a throwback to where almost all the Marvel movies were origin movies. So this feels right. a little bit different. Uh, this movie, I believe was delayed a couple times as most movies are these days, uh, directed by Dustin Daniel Cretton, uh, writer, Steve, Dave Callahan, uh, and Andrew Lanham, uh, starring Simu Liu. Uh, Aquafina, uh, Tony Lung, uh, Menger Zong, uh, Fala Chen, Michelle Yao, 
uh, Wayun, and Florian Montenot. I, I would say the main actors. I seriously thought you thought you said that the writer was Steve Dave, and I'm like, isn't that a isn't that a, isn't that a Kevin Smith? The the two guys in the comic shop, you know? Uh, it is. Steve? Yes, from it yes was, from. It was, who became the comic shop guys, Walt Flanagan and the other dude with the big beard. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, yes, written by, written, by Steve, written by Steve Dave. I love it. Absolutely. So yeah, this is a, uh, the, this is the first Asian led superhero film uh, we've had. So it's kind of a first. Um, and this came out over the Labor Day weekend. And we are hearing now that it is going to break Labor Day weekend, weekend records, which is funny because I looked and I'm like, the Labor Day, not many Labor Day movies are actually launched that weekend because the highest grossing one before then, I think, was Halloween at 35 million. This movie will oh, easily okay. outpace that with close to maybe 80 million. So this is a big yeah, deal. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of unknowns in this movie. A lot of people, a lot of faces people just don't know. So it's not exactly like a headliner like Scarlett Johansson or something like that. So a lot mm-hmm. of new things. Uh, and this, like I said, it's an origin film about Shang-Chi, who basically uh, is uh, living on his own. Uh, We find out, though, that there is more to him, and he's essentially the son of who we knew, we thought we knew as the Mandarin, uh, but but actually has many, many different names. Uh, So that is basically, and it's about him going back to his past, exploring his origins, and we have a basically a interesting story. Uh, this movie is long; it's like two and a half hours long, which I was surprised. Right, um, right, yeah, me too. Yeah, two two twelve. I know because we were watching. Uh, we did a double header yesterday, and our second movie was uh, was Respect, which was the uh, Aretha Franklin biopic, which was great. I should have mentioned it. Whoops, but um, yeah, that was at like this movie ended at like one twenty, and Aretha started at one twenty five. So I was like, ah. But uh, you know, still got through the stinger and all the good stuff. But yeah, I didn't really necessarily think that that two hour and twelve minute that it really dragged. It seems like they did a lot with it. Yeah, I agree. And there was two. And just let you guys know, spoilers before we get into this. There were two stingers, one mid credits, one ad credits as well. We had to look up the second one just to see if there was. So um, yeah, so this movie. My mind that people will get up and leave at the beginning of the credits. It's like, how many Marvel movies have you been to to well, know is, that you need to stay? I think this was Marvel movie number. Was this 24 or 25? It's all, it's, and it's been this way since the first film. So yeah. And even their TV shows have them too now. And yeah. they'll get up and leave after like the first one as well. It's like, no, sit back down. And they're just like, la, 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 la. Come on, stay for the head animator or the main grip. At least right. something. Oh, sorry. Totally tangent. But. There is now in credits um, a COVID te- COVID nineteen testing lead. Oh, great! <laughs> that, so, I wonder how long that will last. Hopefully, not too long. Hopefully. Right. Hopefully we it's found not, that really it's interesting, enduring. though. That's now part of the credits. So, God, talk about a there. snapshot in time that you'll look right, back exactly. and somebody will say, "What's COVID?" Or hopefully, or somebody will say, "Yep, COVID." I hope people forget what this COVID is eventually because it's eradicated. I certainly hope so. But let yeah, let's just let's just see how anyway. we do with that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So this movie, uh, like I said, it sounds like it's going to perform well. And this is uh, connecting the MCU. So, um, you know, we talked about spoilers, but, we'll, we'll, you know, general thoughts on the movie. So, so Carly, um, that's why I reached out to you. Thank you for joining us on last minute notice. But yeah, you said, yeah, I saw it and I want to see it again. So that yes. that sounds pretty positive. Yes. Um, there I, I like to rewatch, reread, you know, re-experience things because I like to pick out like the things that I missed the first time. But when I say I want to rewatch a movie like that soon, that's how much I enjoyed it. 
I we also have um, AMC stubs or something like that. So we mm-hmm. pay like oh, $50 yeah. a month and we get to see like three movies a week. Of yep. Format. Yep. So, you know, yep, we're trying we have to get our, our money's yeah. worth. We have that too with our local theater and yeah, we just, yeah. We, we soak it up. We enjoy Fantastic. it. I don't. And it sucks. <laughs> we just got it. Uh, most actually, we just got it because we knew we were going to see Shang-Chi. So we're like, well, we might as well. Right. Now the movies are coming back. Anywho. I'm wanting to see this movie again. Like so quick is like kind of rare for me. I think I've only done that like twice in the past with previous Marvel movies because the other ones I'm just kind of like, I can wait. Like I'm okay with waiting. I think we saw Endgame twice and there was another one that we saw twice as well. It might've been, um, um, Captain America and the winter soldier. Uh, just cause those were phenomenal. Anywho, this movie was amazing. It was such a beautiful homage to two different types of classic, um, Kung Fu, you know, Asian culture, the Chinese culture, especially that we had, we had a lot of um, Jackie Chan type stuff. Um, so quite a few of those like hand to hand scenes using the stuff around him to like fight back against his enemies. And then we had a lot of the, oh, I don't know its title. It's something about a tiger and a dragon, but they- Oh, Crushing Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Tiger, yep, yeah, yep, yep, yeah. yep. So there was a lot of the mystical format. Right. And with, Fu, where they're and with around, yeah. and, and with and Michelle Yeoh in this film, so yeah, yeah, it was beautiful, and I loved seeing that. And then also, I don't know a whole lot of, when it comes to Chinese mythology. I'm more of the Japanese mythology. That's something that's more familiar to me. But I was able to pick out a lot of the things that I did know, and that felt really great as a fan of these types of like mythologies and and all of those types of creatures. The creatures were so good too. I was like geeking out a little bit when they get into Talo. I was like, oh my god. Anywho, this was a beautifully paced, beautiful to watch, wonderful action scenes. There was really good humor. If a couple a couple parts were like poorly placed, um, there's one specific part that I'm not going to say exactly what it is that is in the middle of the main battle. Everybody knows there's going to be a main battle. There's a part in the main battle um, where they insert a little bit of humor that felt a little bit out of place because it broke the tension that I was actually enjoying of the battle. And I felt like it would have been better placed at the end of the battle, but that's kind of nitpicky overall. I thought this was a, like a wonderfully well-rounded movie of Chinese culture mixed with modern Chinese people. And, um, it was, it was a family drama too, which was kind of new for Marvel This was very much centered on Shang-Chi's history of who he comes from and what that means to be part of this legacy and to, you can't really run from your family. Like you're still part of it. Even if you distance yourself, like it still is part of who you are and you can overcome that as well and turn it into something good. It was, it was great. Sorry, I kind of ranted. No, no, no. That's very good, and 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 I I I totally dug uh, the imagery in this film and the fight choreography. Like you said, the the, the crouching tiger, hidden dragon. That initial um, meeting of uh, of 
I guess we'll call him the Mandarin. Uh, trying to th- th- dig for a name that that he just consistently. Yeah, I mean, at, at least at least that's the one to remember. The, the the dad. Just call him the yeah, dad. The dad. He's the dad. And and the choreography. It was a dance. It was mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. It was just saw how she was using her defensive techniques to lead him. Uh, and she was leading the dance um, and just basically moving it, maneuvering around him. And that's very much like in that wushu uh, uh, kung fu films that are very famous for being mystical, a lot of wire work and things like that. And that was beautiful. Um, and, and, and a lot of that has to do with the people that were involved in this film. The, a lot of the people that acted in this film have a rich history of martial arts in films like Kung Fu Hustle and, and Michelle Yeoh. Uh, so it's, they bring expertise in these things, which you typically don't see with actors and movies. They have to be trained to do these things. These people were ready to go. And I felt like that was one thing that put this movie above a lot of the MC movies when it comes to, to fight choreography, because mm-hmm. a lot of it's just throwing punches or shooting laser beams. That's about it. This is close combat, not CGI. This is like, it has to look realistic. And I will say there was one battle that I was like, eh, it, it was okay, but yeah. I, I just loved it. Um, and I thought um, they did a great job and it was interesting. They did bring in Jackie Chan's crew uh, that does a lot of his choreography. So you saw that in the bus scene where it was a lot of misdirection, even like the planks on the, on the, um, the, the, the structure there where they were trying to move around a lot of misdirection and movements yeah. and, and like drunk style Kung Fu. And then uh, the other person that was involved was Brad Allen and he, he passed away. And I don't know if you saw his name on the credits, only 48. Mm-hmm. And he did uh, the choreography for uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, and also solo uh, Star Wars story in the Kingsman and the Kingsman has oh. fantastic fight scenes. Sure does. Yeah, yeah sure does. Yeah. Um, yeah, riffing off that, I, I agree. You know that I had my skepticism going into this. This is the, the Kung Fu movies and then kind of the mystical stuff is not necessarily my bag. But again, I think this benefited from great pacing. Uh, I didn't feel like there was a lot that was wasted. I think it benefited from interspersing some humor so it wasn't it wasn't the you know todd you've said it in the past the kind of the you know the yuck meter the yucks per minute uh different uh you know kind of style of marvel doing things um i think that that was that was uh, uh kind of parsed out in a good way so i really did appreciate that um so yeah no i think that uh, i think that i ended up enjoying this a lot more perhaps than i thought i might uh for those reasons and again yeah fight choreography uh, was magnificent, didn't feel uh, like it was wasted or it was forced. The humor didn't feel forced. I love Aquafina. Best she, she steals the show for me in anything. Um, but you had your you had your insert of cute creatures. You had the thing with the no face. Uh, you had the return of Trevor Slattery, uh, Ben Kingsley as his character uh, from Iron Man 3, which I enjoyed immensely. But again, Aquafina does it for me. I, I think she's absolutely spectacular. And she played, April was reading an article about this. She responded on social media to comments that were up in arms that, well, I don't know why you didn't do a Chinese accent. You're playing a Chinese character. She was not playing a Chinese no. character. She was playing an American. Aquafina is an actress is from exactly. Brooklyn. Uh, so it, it really very specious argument by, you know, people who are always looking to make something out of nothing. Um, her performance. And again, she is Todd. I know you've derided actors like Will Smith. That, oh, he's just Will Smith in every movie. Actors have to do what they know. So so she rolls the way she rolls her with her little fanny pack and all the little quirk that she brings yeah. to the table. Um, and she's funny how she's, you know, going on this uh, like, well, you know, I always like to try stuff and I'm never really great at stuff. And I quit before I get like really good at something. And then she really throws herself into the bow and arrow and she becomes fantastic. And I think, again, that uh, that 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 added in that layer of 
movie magic uh, that was really pretty enjoyable. So, yeah, I uh, ended up liking this a lot better than I thought I might. And they also, you know, they, they brought Wong in. They also gave us the Abomination, who is a very heritage villain that we've not seen oh since, yep. since, you know, 2008. Did look a little bit. Yeah, exactly. oh, yeah it looked a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, well, which is, if you think about it. Did they get a, the face of the actor again? I don't know if they did, because you could kind of see a human face in there. And yeah, I don't know but it was the same actor. Tim, was it? Tim Ross. Yeah, Tim yeah, Roth, and, yeah. And he voiced it, so I believe. But um, oh, okay. if, you, if you think about it, the Hulk's face mutated too because it went through yeah. an actor change. But if you think about it, the Hulk is radioactive and stuff, and it'd be likely that he would change. So the abomination's kind of the same thing. So that part of it, my, my suspension of disbelief, disbelief covers that, or we're kind of all set of that. But I, you know, I liked that that was cool and it was played briefly, and then it kind of went away. I never really figured out why wong was there with the abomination and then he just put him back in a cell but it was like again it was played for laughs you don't really have to think about it so much so i just kind of let it go yeah so i have a couple theories about that one is it's maybe a form of rehabilitation kind of like mm-hmm. hey you know we get that you need to like duke it out every once in a while so we're gonna sign you up for these pit fights wong is your chauffeur you go into your fight cool yourself down you come back. It's a little bit of rehabilitation type thing. Second theory is, and this ties into, um, <coughs> oh, what is her name? Valen, Valen, Valentina. Oh, Valen, oh uh, yeah, Valentina. So, yeah, so Julie, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah, she's collecting her group that are the more government-based Avengers. So she's getting um, Yelena from Black Widow. She's got U.S. Agents. Um, and then, uh, you know, the thought is maybe she's going to come and also invite Abomination to be part of that as kind of like the opposite of what Hulk, Hulk. is. But yeah. We are, but obviously that second end, was it the second or the first? I think it was the second end credit scene. Second end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hulk mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I was really struggling with that, but we can we can certainly touch upon that in the cons because I yeah that. Wait, so I missed on the so so we don't who doesn't exist anymore? Hulk, because that was Banner at the end, and we know from Endgame he merged himself with Hulk, right? So that it is now banner in control with hulk's body and and hulk's identity but you saw he had his arm in a sling so it's post end game so i'm guessing something happened in the meantime yeah right sling is because like that's his cost for doing a snap um yeah but that was banner that was not hulk well right and you know also maybe you didn't know this i'll just cover my con right now uh is that carol danvers uh, one of her other cosmic powers is uh, uncontrolled hair growth because she had her she, <laughs> she had, had her she had her mohawk mom cut Karen mom cut happening in Endgame and now her hair is even longer than it was in 1995. So she yes. doesn't she doesn't age, but she can you know she's got the hair club for cosmic women. Just knock that shit right out. Well, I mean, how? I mean, you know, some women's hair grows really fast, some doesn't, and you know, maybe that's one of her abilities, Charlie. You don't know. My suspension of disbelief did not cover that. That was that well, was that was not covered under the policy. This could be um the time the time that it's set in is approximately twenty twenty four, uh, which is the same time period of um No Way Home, so Spider Man No Way Home. So that actually happens at about the exact same time, at least within the same year. 
So it's a little bit um after Endgame. So I don't know. I mean, you give a woman like like my hair went from this to this in like seven months. So. And Charlie, your hair goes. Your hair goes. You know, we've seen I'm, your your hair growth journeys, and it's I, amazing. I, I'm st- I'm still going to need a judge's ruling on this. Deal. Okay, That's all I'm so enough hair hair uh, uh, rumors. We we will move on from there. Um, I will say, um, you know, my my wife is Filipino. Grew up in the Philippines. Uh, she's here. Uh, she speaks Tagalog still, but uh, she essentially has no more accent. So, um, but then she has Filipino friends who don't know how to speak Tagalog and they don't have any accent and they just sound like they're from the Midwest and they don't know how to pronounce things. So I like that, that scene when she didn't know how to pronounce his name and Sean, Sean, Sean. 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 So it was a nice little <laughs> thing that people like, and even my wife, you know, she doesn't speak anybody who speaks Tagalog and after a while she loses it. It just becomes one of those things. So um, I, I kind of like those. And there, it was interesting that fine line when you do anything about culture, with people to be respectful, uh, but also not leave it in the past, but also make sure it's modern and not dated and there's no stereotypes. Um, you know, I, I got the check uh, from my wife and my son just to say, hey, what you guys think? And they loved it. And they're also martial arts. They're Taekwondo black belts. And they loved it. They, it made them excited uh, to see this on the, uh, basically on the screen and in a different type of style of fighting. We haven't seen the MCU. So they were excited about it. They loved it. May, might go see it again, which is a bizarre thing. The last time my son wanted to see a movie again was Black Panther. So, um, oh, wow. yeah. So yeah. it's high praise from, from, from them. And yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's, let's get into this then. Uh, so I know we're positive, but let's go through the pros really quick. I think we hit most of the pros, but are, uh, Carly, is there anything else you want to like touch on at least from the positive end that we haven't touched on? So I'd, I just say to kind of recap, uh, great choreography. It was a great homage to, to Chinese culture. Um, I liked that it was, it was bright and colorful and mystical, but not in a corny kind of way. Um, the actors were phenomenal. That was great. Like a lot of them, I didn't know. I didn't know Aquafina. I've known her for a couple of things, and she actually voices um, uh, the dragon in Raya. So that's yeah. kind of neat so that she's been part of two big, big things like that. Um, and it had good humor, if a little poorly placed. So I mean, I just i I'd, I'd give it a nine, to be honest. Ooh! Wow, heavy. Heavy. Well, that, we're we're just going to jump right to the end there. So, Todd, all right, you you wrap it up and 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 give you give uh, give us your verdict then. Uh, well, I mean, just really quick on my pros, I, I thought this was a very good Marvel origin film. It had a lot of the stumbles that a lot of origin films do, which my son was like, Dad, they killed us with flashbacks. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a storytelling device that it allows you to go back and experience the past in a way that's convenient. And I prefer flashbacks to another pre-origin film, like her prequels. So it, it is a difficult balance. And there is a lot of heavy lifting in this movie because they have established all the characters, a lot of the mythology, this was the mystical. I would, I will say, Marvel's in many different areas now of just uh, genre. So you know, we've got the supernatural with Doctor Strange. We've got, I don't know if you call them gods with with the Thor. Call it that way. The the the, the mythical. Um, then you have you know what space with the guardians and that type of thing. So we've, we're hitting a lot of those. So this is the mythical uh, lens or mystical, as you would say, with mythology and things like that in regards to human culture and our, our mythology. Um, and and I, I like that. And the, 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 um, the Asian or the Chinese uh, tigers or yeah, I guess tigers at the, the point. 
or lions. I guess they're lions. Lions. Yeah. So cool. So cool to see those come to life. Um, yeah. So I, I think they did a great job balancing those, especially at first. This this filmmaker has not made a lot of films, to be honest. And a lot of these actors are not have not been lead actors. So uh, all of these things, I think, came together very well um, and very pleased by the movie. So um, I, I will say, though, I mean, I don't know. You guys have cons because I, I do want to hit on a couple of cons I had. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Humor. Humor was a, was a little misplaced. Um, a couple of times. Um, I guess I'll just say it since we're going full spoiler here. Uh, <laughs> um, Trevor playing dead was hilarious. Don't get me wrong. That was that was flipping hilarious. And then Morris coming over like, Whoa, I'm so sad that he's like, play dead too. Um, that should have come at the end of the battle because I, I was enjoying the tenseness sure. of mm-hmm. that epic battle. While I enjoy flashbacks, I would have liked some of them maybe put together because <laughs> I was like, stop telling me the important stuff like... <laughs> You know, 20 minutes later when it should have been part of the one that was 20 minutes before. Right. Um, but that's just my impatience, I think. Like, I, I want it all now. Like, just just literally download the movie into my brain so I know the whole thing. Um, So maybe just a bit of impatience on my part. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. I, prob- I could probably come up with more after I see it again. But probably yeah, not. I think the seams are in the second <laughs> viewing. Always the seams kind of are easier to note versus just you're all taking it in. Uh, for myself, um, yeah, the flashbacks were probably a little too much, and yes, they were like interspersed versus being one cohesive. Mm-hmm. I understand the way they did it. It, it just doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it. Like for my son and yourself, it worked as well as it could have. So that's something in the future if they choose to use that uh, or any other movies that choose to use flashbacks. Yeah, it's never exact and it could always be tweaked. But yeah, I totally get that. Um, mine, it's it's just a problem with a lot of superhero films. It's that we've got to have a big CGI battle at the end, and in this Did one. Well, well, did we? But we didn't get a big blue sky hole. We just got kind of we got a, a we got a rocked off craggy scale wall. Scale wall, not a big blue sky hole because that's that's DC stock and trade. They they've got the big blue sky hole. I don't know. I think flat. the Avengers kicked that one off, right? Kicked it off. I'm not sure, but they, it, yes, was, oh it, was, well. it was it was certainly in use. Yes, everybody. Yeah, everybody is at which which is fine. And yes, when you're using a big ass or sorry, big <laughs> big dragon or a big like. Cthulhu winged bat creature. Um, I guess it makes sense because we don't have those in real life. So sorry, we didn't have a dragon trainer just hanging out. Um, although I, I was disappointed with the the villain at the end. Uh, uh, you know, with the, with the the soul suckers or whatever. I wish they were something from the Marvel mythos, right? Uh, you know, like there's lots of really freaky, creepy Marvel villains right. and the entities. The brood. Yeah, um, there's like one. Cullen. I mean, Doctor Strange has a ton of just weird weirdos and right. borrow from them. I don't know if this is part of the Shang-Chi comic. Don't really know. No clue. Uh, no clue. No clue it's, either. Like, it, it's like the Eternals. You know, Got it. So, we're, we're, so, we're not going to know when something comes along. It's just going to be like. So, so that part was a little underwhelming. And I think another part with that final battle, when uh, the army of the Mandarin came forward that felt very understated compared to seeing the battles we'd seen before and even comparing it to like the battle at Wakanda, you know, where you've got those types of battles, we've seen those and they just felt more significant versus this. So I felt that was a little bit uncheap, but I'm guessing maybe I'm wrong. Maybe COVID finally had an impact to what we saw on screen. And maybe that's what drove it back to be. They couldn't have as big of a crowd. They couldn't do things. They couldn't do as much as they wanted to. 
is as much as they could pull off. Yeah, it was a it was a little bit flippy, flippy, punchy, punchy, and not quite so grandiose. With like, like you said, with Wakanda, there's ships flying around and all this different stuff. And then yeah, it, it was yeah, it was a craggy rock wall, and you got the little you know dragony lizard guys flying out. And eh, yeah, you know, but you're right, it was a big it was a big CGI punch out because that's what. That's what ends a superhero film. Um, yeah. So it, it would be nice to see something go in a different direction. So yeah, I, I can I can get on board with that as well. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Charlie, uh, any cons? Well, I mean, you know, the the biggest con for me, and you want to talk about everybody gets hung up on something different, is the fact that they threw in that stinger, uh, the mid credit stinger, where Wong has uh, Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner on, and again, there's two characters that have almost no connectivity. So it's like. Why wouldn't you pick two characters that maybe could interact with someone somewhat significantly? But the details were all wrong. I said the long hair. We have the Hulk as Bruce Banner, who's still wearing a, an arm on his sling. We never really get pinned down to exactly when this movie takes place. April and I were talking about this as we were having uh, dinner afterwards. You know, there were some elements that potentially it took place before Endgame, because the snap was mentioned, yet it's not like the world was falling apart, which you can imagine that would have been a little bit more evident. Um, but if this is after Endgame, how far? Why don't we have Smart Hulk anymore? That kind of stuff just really kind of drives me up the wall. Because it just felt very gimmicky to toss the two of them in there. And for them to be like, well, just call me. Bruce has got my number. And it was just like, they, they, those characters have no... They don't well, I have think that's the point. I, I think that's the point. They're not going to put the same character you've seen before they've got they those characters have a reason to be there because they've got movies or things coming out that they're going to be involved in that's the reason charlie it's not because they're going to use characters from the past i will also say this marvel had an opportunity to refilm the end of black widow uh basis the uh falcon winter soldier Mm -hmm. if there was something completely wrong with this we wouldn't have seen this. So I think these are mm-hmm. all going to be reasons. Marvel doesn't skip a beat. They know this. That, they know every true. nerd out there is going to be picking this apart. So I think there's a reason we'll know this. Uh, we just, yeah. So I, I didn't think that was a big one, but yes, I mean, it, it seemed like the chemistry wasn't that great too, between and like the films separately. It was clearly the bigger issue because yeah, there was, there was yeah. really, there was, there was no, there was no heat there. There was no fire. There's no chemistry. So that's kind of a bummer, but be, um, yeah, yeah. But neither of those people I would say are exactly always bringing the passion. They're very subdued people. I would say to a large extent. Yeah. I would say certainly more, um, more, uh, Brie Larson than, than Ruffalo. I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of her. She doesn't really do it for me as an actress. So eh. who, who is to say, who yeah. is to say, but so, yeah. So Carly, you gave us your nine uh, out of uh, 10 rings. Uh, ha, see what I did there? Yeah, I like it. Yes. Oh, finally, finally. One Synergy. Finally one that pays off. <laughs> okay, Charlie, give us your score out of 10 rings. Uh, this was a good, this was a good seven. I, I, you can't go a half ring. It's got to be an even measure. So this is a good seven, seven rings for me. Maybe, you know what? Eight. I like eight. All right. I will give it eight and a quarter rings, which ah! is a ring, maybe a nose ring. Nope. The nose ring, a little little solid, ring. Solid rings. You can't, you can't, you just didn't you just hear what I said? Maybe a diamond you stud. You can't break the code. You can't break the code, the ring code. You, um, are you going to, are you going to get ringed like uh, from the ring? There you go. That's what's coming. Let's get in the ring. Let's do some more ring puns, guys. People love puns. Oh, ring a ding ding, rope a dope. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, and then we did get the end credits. I think we hit on all of those. You know, I would say the only thing with the last end credit was it does. I mean, to your point, Carly, I truly feel like we are getting that Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, we are getting this evil organization that is not being disbanded. So his sister was on the sketchy side. We've got uh, what is it? What's the uh, other inch? I'm blanking the name uh, that was brought in the Winter Soldier that uh, or sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was the. Charlie, I'm blanking on the name of the country. Uh, oh, it's in Sokovia? Mandapur. Mandapur. Ma- oh, Mandapur. Madripoor. That, yeah, that's that's where there I figured that, that a, very much the same. There is a flag that seems similar to the flag of Madripoor in the background of the- Ooh. Like you said, they don't, they don't skip a beat. Yeah, so Going I think down. this is just building into... We're finally getting, we're seeing the villains or the dark side of the MCU finally kind of building up to something, which we didn't get that in the past. We've just always been, you know, maybe except for for Thanos. Um, but this is what we're getting. So I, I, I think these were interesting takes and we don't, we know that we are getting a sequel or a series because they mm-hmm. said they'll return. So yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. And yeah, um, next movie though we get is Eternals. And to everyone there, I think that is the biggest mystery to see if they can pull off a series the dice. nobody knows anything about. Well, I was looking for some dice on the game shelf behind me, and I can't find any. But if I had them, I'd be rolling them for you. Yeah, I'll just come in for Kumail Nanjiani's uh, guns and abs, I think is the right. main draw at this point. Yeah, and the Game of Thrones reunion, essentially. Right. That, yes, welcome to the gun show. All right. Yeah. That's a All wrap right. on that. Yeah, so Carly, before we go, thank you for joining us. And now tell everybody where they can uh, not only find you, but buy from you. Sure. Um, You can find me on Twitter, uh, Scarlet underscore stream, and YouTube as Scarlet stream. Um, Nintendo is on hiatus, so don't worry about that right now, I suppose. I don't even know if I mentioned it. Um, I sell wooden gamer gifts. So things for like, um, organization, like controller stands, headphone stands, that kind of stuff and full blown car, uh, board games as well on dragonwoodgifts.com. You can also find some really cool apparel at readygamer1.store or dot shop. Um, you can really find all that information on my Twitter though. So hit me up there. Send me a message, whatever. Um, awesome. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you've you're been busy shipping out a lot of cool stuff. I don't yes. know what it is, to be honest, because I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us, and we hope for to sure. hear more from you soon sure. um, on the world of Internet. So, uh, at that point, Charlie, I guess it is it. We survived another review. We didn't spoil too much, but, but uh, folks, you know what? Charlie's going to tell you, well, you'll hear it at the end where you can find more about us. But Charlie, you better roll tell us tell us your catchphrase because we've just been dying to hear it. I do, well, I will also tell you that if this comes out Friday of next week and you haven't seen it, come on now. Friends, thank you as always for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Indeed. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. He's named after an orange. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. 
or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.